Welcome to the Everyman Sports Podcast, the show for fans, by fans. No former pros, no so-called experts, just real passionate fans. From outside on a porch to inside a living room, in the parking lot of a stadium to the dining room table, friends and families chat about their teams, their games, and what makes them cheer. This is Everyman Sports. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everyman Sports. My name is Chad. I'm the owner-operator of this podcast. Our number is 626-427-7678. That's 626-427-7678. And you can find us across social media at Everyman Sports. With me this week is my dad. Dad, how are you? I'm doing great. Great. That is great. So let's reverse. Let's go rewind back to the week that was in the NFL playoffs, the divisional round. And it starts off with the least surprising uh, outcome of the week, I think. 27-10, to 10, the 49ers hand, easily handle the Vikings uh, in San Francisco. A game that started off pretty close, uh, 7-7, and then uh, you know the, the Niners just came out. They were able to run the ball, and Kirk Cousins, a, that monkey is still on his back. <laughs> well, they basically suffocated him, though. Well, th- yeah. They upset. They suffocated him, and you know, I mean, Cousins. Uh, it was a slow death, right? Yeah, and you didn't hear from Diggs uh, after that first touchdown. I mean, they let they try. I mean, they tried to open up holes for Cook, but I mean, they got they got stuff. The only thing that was keeping the Vikings afloat was their defense. Jimmy Garoppolo, with not the best stats in the world. You know, it might maybe you chalk it up to his first playoff game ever. Maybe it's just everything that has come to fruition in terms of that team and what Garoppolo can do. You know, but you know, uh, interception over the middle and uh, a couple others almost intercepted uh, early in the game too. So they just decided to ball the, give the ball to their running backs and let them run wild. Yeah, and and the Vikings all year was the way they uh, it was about Cook. Yeah, Cook had a game, they had a victory, and they didn't, they had a loss. Right, and the Niners' defense just stifling them, and they got they got to they got in the backfield to disrupt Cousins, which you know uh, also caused big big problems. So the Niners move on to host the uh, a- NFC um, championship game against the. Green Bay Packers, 28-23 winners against Seattle in a game in which uh, some key catches late in the fourth quarter allowed them to hold on to the lead and make sure Russell Wilson doesn't get the ball again. Um, just an overall good game. Rodgers really you know, put himself out there, set himself apart uh, on the field. Um, so, yeah, that was a good game. He wasn't the Rodgers of old. No. Um, but I mean, Devonte Adams had over a hundred. Like he, he was pretty much the only guy he threw to in most of the game. And then Jimmy Graham and uh, Geronimo Allison came up with those uh, key um, first downs late in the game that kept kept the ball on their side. But yeah, Devonte Adams had like a hundred and twenty five yards receiving. He had a big game against Rodgers. I mean, yeah, uh, Aaron Jones had two touchdowns. But aside from that, you know, he was under. I think he was under a hundred yards too. Um, and and Seattle, it was all about Russell Wilson. It was because the rest of the team kind of let let him down. They did, yeah. I was expecting a big game out of DK Metcalf. I think a lot of people were, but you know, one thing I'll say about the Packers defense is that their defensive backfield is better than I think uh, we realized. 
Uh, and they, but Russell Wilson, he he was able to make plays, and I think that if not for those two catches that Roger, you know, Rogers had passed late in the game, I think maybe we could have been looking at a uh, a different result if Wilson had gotten the ball one more time. Um, so here you have you have a rookie rookie head coach, thirteen and three in the regular season with Aaron Rodgers, now moving on to the championship game against the Niners. And isn't his isn't his brother also on the floor? Isn't isn't he? Um... I I think it's Mike or or Mark. Yeah. But yes, um, his brother Matt Lafleur's brother is a off. I think he's an offensive. Co- he, he's he's a coach on the Niners staff. Right. Right. And um, how was it? Uh, Robert Sala, the uh, defensive coordinator for the Niners, and Matt Lafleur were college roommates when they were college assistants at Central Michigan. So, wow. yeah, they went They went on recruiting trips together and all this stuff. It, it was kind of like one of those um, uh, talking points this week, their relationship. So it's going to be really interesting what happens this week. But we'll get, to, we'll get to the championship games in a minute. Let's move over to the AFC really quickly. And two of the more, not only, at least one was an exciting game or in – in one way, and the other one was just uh, uh, mystifying. Let's start with that one, the Saturday night game. Tennessee goes into Baltimore 28-12 to in a game in which Lamar Jackson, stat-wise, had a great game, passing for over 50, 59 times, uh, but he also he did not look ready for primetime. Uh, yeah, but didn't they roll up like 500 yards? Yeah, they did, but don't forget, this is a Baltimore team that all season has been playing ahead so they can run the ball and do all this. That's true. So he has never come from behind. And don't forget, Lamar, his first pass was an interception. And then he gets called for a 15-yard penalty on a horse collar tackle. That guy was jacked. Like he was, he he needed to settle down, and he never got an opportunity. He was playing like his pants were on fire, and he didn't know what to do. Plus the fact that they, Mark Ingram was hurt, and they still kept on trying to put him out there when they had Gus Edwards. They call him Gus the Bus for a reason. And they decided <laughs> he had less than 10 carries, and they still tried to force Ingram out there, and it just didn't work. Jackson overthrew his wide receivers, and there were some key drops. I'll give, the, I'll give his tight end, you know, Mark Andrews. and But, I mean, and again, ten, yeah. I mean, was Baltimore out coached too? Uh, they might have been. I'm very surprised that Harbaugh didn't make the proper adjustments. Harbaugh looked lost, didn't he? He did. He didn't know what to do. I, I think he had no answer. He really didn't. Uh, unless, but and the other part of the problem was that so for the second straight game, Ryan Tannehill passes for under 100 yards, which is totally fine. I think he threw it a total of fifth, uh, 14 times, only completing seven of them because he just gave the rock again to Derrick Henry. I mean, there you go. He he rushes. How did you dominate like that? I mean, that's unheard of. I mean, the only thing I think. Well, first of all, he rushed. He rushed for more yards than he did against New England. That's number one. Number two, you know, all week uh, Earl Thomas talking about like, boy, those Patriots guys didn't want to tackle him. Well, guess what? <laughs> he didn't need it. Yeah, guess what? You. <laughs> You got turned around. Derrick Henry made <laughs> Earl Thomas into the first time ever uh, a defensive player turns into a blocker. He turned him around. That was definitely a not top ten play. Yeah, yeah, he takes your will. 
He d- and so Earl Thomas talking all this all this junk, and then he just can't back up the words. Yeah, they just give it to Derrick Henry. He is a big, he's a bulldozer. They call him Tractorito for a reason. He's a tractor. Yeah, but, but they're getting some good blocks in the secondary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is really old school. So uh, I, I I saw a stat three times uh, in playoff history a quarterback has passed for under 100 yards and won those game in a playoff more than once in a playoff. Obviously, mean that you have to win. Uh, both um, Dolphin wins. Uh, you know, Brian Greasy in the 72 and 73 playoffs. Right, right. And then was it the 74 playoffs by Bradshaw, I think it was? It was definitely, it was Bradshaw. So they, all, they all ended up in the Super Bowl. They all w- ended up winning the Super Bowl, I think, more specifically. Right, right. So uh, that'll be interesting to go from there. And then what, one of the, I mean, the craziest game you'll ever see, at, at least uh, the first quarter Texans jump out to a twenty-four nothing lead, and then in the second quarter, it was a total reversal. The sec- how inept did the Chiefs look? They looked. I mean, just everything was going wrong. Tyreek Hill couldn't field a punt for his life, which caused which caused a turnover, which allowed the Texans to score early. I mean, nothing was going right, and then not. And Pat Holmes is saying, "Relax, we got this." I mean that that Madden curse started to really creep up, and it ju- and that was a dead crowd. I mean that's one of the loudest stadiums. That's not a dome, like that place. But they were in shock, right? I look. I know that. I know the Chiefs had only one win in like their last like twenty years at Arrowhead in the playoffs, and it was last year. But and this was looking like they were going to go one and nine in the last like I don't know however many years, and things looked really bad, and then all of a sudden. With five minutes into the second quarter, everything turns around, and it, it seems like it's being pointed to two things. Number one, the fact that the Texans didn't go for the touchdown. They settled for a field goal, which I think was fine. You get the points on there no matter what, and I know they were, oh, you got to get as many points as you did, which it turns out you did. And then the fake punt, the fourth and Well, it's not so much about that. It's, the, it's where it was on the field. It was deep in their own territory, but look, I, you know, and we talked about this because we were watching the game together. That uh, I think Bill O'Brien, or even his, I don't even know if Bill signed off on it. He might have, but the special team said we got to change. Momentum was shifting at that point because the uh, Kansas City had just scored their first touchdown. So you right. and it a, after that everything everything. But how ill advised was it to? Uh, the, for the Texans, uh, for Sean to be uh, to be playing the uh, guitar or whatever, that, that, that I mean, I mean that video clip didn't look well. No, no, it didn't. And I mean, so they were up by twenty, right? They were up. They were up by. Tw- they had twenty four. The Kansas City scored At least twenty. <laughs> I th- I, yeah, Houston didn't score again until late in the second half, and that was a touchdown. But by that point, the game was well out of reach, including. I mean, great special teams returns. They they really turned things on. They ran the ball. They passed the ball. Everything went well for them from 10 minutes on in the second quarter, even to the point where, you know, even on a touchdown, uh, Eric Fisher, their offensive tackle, grabs two beers from the stands and 
does a stone cold, smashes them together, pours them over his helmet. Of course, the No Fun League decided to fine him, but... <laughs> Good, that was yeah, but I mean, it, it was it was definitely entertaining, and that game, that game turned. And so, 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 so then O'Brien was, uh, and he did the right thing by going for that. I mean, I, I mean, seeing how explosive they were. I mean, he knows he was in deep when you're up by twenty four. Well, he knew every point he needed to get on the board, and I think that was their game plan, yeah. guys. If we can, we need to a stop stop them, and if we can't stop them, we definitely have to put up as many points as we can. So that's why I'm fine with the field goal. It's better they got something, you know, 24. So you basically got to put up 30 to compete with them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in this past game, you absolutely did. Um, so let's move on to the a the championship championship Sunday. Two games, starting off with Kansas City hosting Tennessee. Uh, a, a replay of this year, of an earlier game this year, which Tennessee went to Kansas City and won. Um, so, what do you? Who do you like in this game? I mean, I'm not going to give up on Tennessee now. No, I mean, I got to go one more time. But it, you know, how explosive is Mahomes? I mean, Mahomes is really, you know, he's a fan favorite. He and is. to bet against him is like playing the, the, the don't pass line. You know, you're yeah. you. you, you you're not going to be popular. No. Um, ten, so you like Tennessee plus seven? I do. Okay. I uh, I I don't I don't know if I want. I like Tennessee. I like Derrick Henry. And by the way, he's a free agent after this year. Um, if there's anything left in the tank, I mean, he's giving it his all. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, do first of all, Kansas City now has to be looking. Uh, I forget who their defense. I think it's Spagnola. Spagnola, guys, look, two straight weeks. I think we've everybody's learned their lesson. Don't get tired of tackling. If you're getting tired, I'm putting somebody else in, or we need to <laughs> we need to come up with stuff. And you can't. And look, I mean, Tennessee is. Yeah, but stopping the run isn't exactly a Kansas City strength. No, it's not. But they got to do something, or at least force it to the point. Put eight in the box. Really let Tannehill. Although you don't really have to, because Derrick Henry can jump past it. Um, well, that that well, not only that, that becomes you know once he breaks through there. Yeah, but I I think that okay, De- Tennessee is gonna. It, I I think that you're gonna see a lot of quick strikes from the from Kansas City, or at least that's what they're gonna try. They're gonna say, look, Derrick. Derek's going to run it up and down the field. So when we get the ball back, we got to be fast and we got to score. So I don't know if that's going to play into Vrabel's hands, if the defense is going to stop him. I, I would like to see Kansas City win. I don't know if I want to see the Titans in the Super Bowl because, you know, if it goes on for a fourth week in a row, you know, it, then like all of a sudden Derek finally gets tired or if he gets hurt in this game and they somehow win and then Super Bowl and he's got a you know a bad you know a, a twisted ankle well then right, that's going to be right. a, that's going to be a bad Super Bowl well everybody wants to see uh, the Chiefs and the 49ers well definitely the Chiefs absolutely 49ers even 49ers even even if the Packers make it that's still that's Chiefs that's Packers that that's you want to have the matchup Rodgers and Mahomes that's a great matchup is uh, Mahomes uh, a younger, better version? Yeah, I mean he does a uh, lot. Of, I mean, there's some similarities. There definitely is. Their, their improvisation when the play falls apart, um, their uh, their pocket 
presence and also scrambling out and running. Um, Seeing the whole field. Right. I haven't seen Rodgers throw it left-handed yet, but um, I know Mahomes has, and he does all those weird, like, whoop, you know, across the body. So um, So Andy Reid is too, or don't trust Andy late? I mean, look, this is – and this – if they lose – think about this. They are hosting again – the AFC Championship. They hosted last year. They lost in overtime last year. That has to be a talking point, at least in the locker room. We can, You can't lose back-to-back championship games at home. You just can't. Now, I'm not saying Andy should get fired if that happens, but what do they have to do at this point? You know, I, I do like Andy. I, you know, I would like to see them. You know, they haven't been in since Super Bowl IV. It, 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 I think it's time. I think it's time for them. Um, so that's that. And then on the NFC side, uh, San Francisco giving seven and a half. Who do you like? Well, you know, I do like San Francisco. I do think they're peaking at the right time. But the only problem is with the points there is they have played a lot of games close. Right. But I, but I really can't see Green Bay stopping the run. No. And they're going to. But then again, they played earlier in the year. And what was that, 38? It was a blowout. Eight, eight or something like that. Yeah, it that. was. I mean, yeah, they didn't even get into double digits to the Packers, and that was in uh, San Francisco. So they returned to the scene of the crime. I'm sure. I don't think that. I think they'll score more than ten points for sure. Will the Packers? But I, I do like San Francisco. I think they'll be able to pressure Rodgers enough, and they'll be able to cover. And it's just a question: Did Garoppolo learn enough? From last week's, you know, shaky start, is this going to be a trend with him? Because uh, I mean, all season he had he had a good season, but he didn't break any records. Like Shan- they knew, let's run the ball. We win the game. We win the, win the game in the trenches. That's why they have such a good a, such a good defensive front. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of young, a lot of young talent. And is this, is this going to be the first Bosa to win the Super Bowl? How's this going to play out? I mean, I, 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 it'd be interesting to see, uh, it, especially in the Super Bowl. But, I mean, we got two weeks till that. Let's at least get there first. But I, I, I like the Niners. I'd be okay if the Packers win. Um, I, I'd like to see the Chiefs win. Uh, Tennessee, again, only if – because then well, can the Niners can stop Tennessee – and can, they can stop Henry, I think. If there's one team, and especially you would think so, right? if, if Henry runs for 200 yards in this game, and then two weeks later in the Super Bowl, <laughs> he comes up against the Niners, you know, they're going to be yeah, smart. But, but can you imagine him with a two-week rest? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. But I can also imagine the Niners going, "We no, we're ti- our arms aren't tired anymore. We've had two weeks. And we can just... Yeah. You know, so I think that that would that would just be a bad matchup. I think I think personally, but I could be totally wrong. Well, the, we we know the bookies want to see San Francisco and KC. Uh, yeah, that'd be the idea. Uh, moving over to a couple more college or uh, for football as well. College football, the national championship game, which I mean took forever to finally get here. Sixteen days, and um, they had the two best teams. I think they did. I really think they did. Forty-two to twenty-five, LSU finishes their undefeated dream season and Joe Burrow's dream season. And how good is he? And, I mean, and that, that 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 was an impressive uh, group of people right there. Six hundred yards passing in this game. 
um, that the offensive coordinator is now moving up to the big leagues. He's um, where is he now? Joe Brady. Um, who who hired him? Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Um, I apologize. Oh, uh, was it the Browns? I think the Browns got him. I could be totally wrong. Let me see if I can interesting. Um, yeah, but what about all the players getting cash thrown at them? Well, so uh, 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 Odell LSU Be- alumnus. Yeah, Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham is a uh, yeah, he's an alumnus, and uh, he's going to make it rain on uh, national TV for all these players. I mean, in the locker room, he's handing out money, which they say, oh no, oh uh, Joe Brady goes to the Panthers, so Matt Rule brings Joe Brady, the LSU offensive coordinator, to Carolina. So wow. so Beckham, yeah, giving out money, which everybody said, no, no, it's play money. No, it's play money. But then it's everybody fake, said, yeah, it's fake money. Huh? Actually, it's not monopoly. Actually, it's, it's real money. Oops. Um, which can cause a problem because, of course, look, I don't agree with it. And I know it, it, it's silly. It's silly. And especially, you know, they're smoking cigars indoors and, and all this stuff. Like, How about the security of... Uh... I forget her name, but she's uh, telling them they can't smoke cigars. They got to put them out, and then Odell runs by and smacks her on the tushy. Right, and and she's not seeking to press any charges, so that looks like that's getting. But just... how unrealistic is that? What that he did that? Well, that he had, he did that 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 uh, that they're going to tell these people they can't light up a cigar. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, I mean. Uh, well, it's it's the but the problem is is now that uh, LSU is going to have to distance themselves from Beckham because uh, all you need is just anybody who who especially if you got somebody on Clemson who goes hey hey you can't do that and this could actually help us out so yeah you should you know they're getting improper benefits and they're getting money so vacate that title because that's what they do in in college football is they vacate titles there are no winners um, but. Uh, so yeah, so Beckham, I mean Beckham's going to be Beckham, and this yeah, is yeah, he's the problem. Yeah, and you, you're starting to see this with a lot of wide receivers, more so than ever. Uh, uh, Trevor Rosenhaus, uh, Drew Rosenhaus, uh, uh, Antonio Brown's agent, now former agent, you know, saying I'm not going to help him out until he gets help, and he needs help, um, in in so many ways. So. It seems so when he gives up on you, you know the gravy train's over. Right, exactly. Um, and so yeah, so now Beckham, I mean Beckham's going to be a focal point this off season, and now this could you know hurt his uh, his alma mater. But let's let let's you know let's look at the actual game, and I mean Joe Burrow had an amazing game, an amazing season, just unbelievable. Cle- Clemson, uh, Trevor Lawrence's first loss. Since his um, high school championship title, Clemson started out, you know, with a different front. They ran that three-man front, and it looked, you know, it puzzled uh, LSU for a while. But they had no answer once they uh, made an adjustment to that. That's true, and I mean, I, I, the the uh, wide receivers of LSU are dangerous. Thaddeus Moss, uh, of course, uh, Randy Moss's son. He right. he had a big game, and then some of the broken ankles that you saw these defenders—they were tripping over themselves as LSU on a dime. These receivers on a dime would stop and change direction, and the, oh yeah, these, and the default—he's accurate, Burrows. And and his dad said on some podcast in Canada or whatever that uh, that he will play for the 
angles because there was speculation that uh, you know he might not, but but he's not that type of guy. He's also from Northern Ohio, like like or uh, he's from Ohio. Exactly. I know that. So you know, I think he was actually he was there at a um, a junior college, a JUCO before. I could be wrong, but I know mm-hmm. he, yeah because he's also pretty old, isn't he? Like twenty six or something. Well. I'm trying to think. I think he's a year older than Lamar Jackson. Right. So, um, but I mean, Clemson, I think Clemson actually, uh, they they have a, not only is Trevor Lawrence returning, but their star running back, Travis uh, Atin, uh, I apologize if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, he's returning as well. So they actually have a good setup for next year. And with Joe Brady gone and Joe Burrow gone after this, you know, I doubt LSU is going to be undefeated again this year and Thaddeus Moss and some other wide receivers. Yeah, so they made the most out of what they could. But 60 passes in a season, uh, TD passes? It's unbelievable. I mean, one, one of the Shocking. A, a great a great season for them overall. Um, so that kudos to them, hats off to them and, and whatnot. Um. And then let's move over to baseball, which when last we left you, uh, uh, as the MLB turns, um, so right. the the cheating scandal it has now it's really it has really taken on to it like well, it's, it's coming to an end. It seems well for now. Um, so when last we left you, they were uh, the fallout was about to come, and it was that. Um, the A.J. Hinch and Jeff Ludnow, the manager and general manager, have been suspended for a year. $5 million, which is the mo- $5 million fine, which is the most that can be levied against the team. A loss of two of four draft picks over the course of two years. Um, and then uh, the owner, Jim Crane, took the extra step and fired both the coach and the GM. So no Sean Payton uh, um sitting around for a year waiting to come back. Um, hmm. So that's step one. Step two is then in the thing, Alex Cora was named as, in the report, is named as pretty much the ringleader, that it was his idea to go forward. And then A.J. Hinch, they're saying, he was basically a pushover. He didn't want to lose his clubhouse. So, you know, he did things like break the TV. Uh-oh, TV's broken. Sorry, guys, we can't do it. So they just got a new TV. But so he was he was lacking in his leadership, and he just yeah, let these well, things I mean, happen. They were winning. Yeah, and also again, he didn't want to lose his clubhouse. He so didn't. it was working, right? So in the end, you know, his inaction caused uh, more problems than than if he actually went through and said, "No, guys, we are not doing this." And Alex Score, his bench coach, was the one who pretty much saw this through, and then. He gets hired by the Red Sox, and now they're currently under investigation. Cora's been fired because, I mean, at this point, if if it's so, about, is it management saving face? I'm sorry, say that again. It's it's about management saving face. Yeah, because they don't want their whole season. They don't want their whole. Uh, don't forget, they won in 2018, Cora's rookie well, year with them well, as manager. Right. So they they don't want a whole year of, and you know. They don't want a whole year of core after every single game having one question about the night's game and then five consecutive questions about the cheating scandal every single night. They don't want that to be put on them. And if what interests me is doesn't everybody 
check videotape and study pitchers and hitters and they doesn't do. everybody do that? Right, they do. So then it's technology. So what the difference could you put some kind of strange camera in center field or and you know like what makes it you know any different? The uh, relaying of the signs through you know hitting a trash can, um, just that extra step that n- nobody really took into consideration prior to this that nobody went ahead and especially when there's emails from Carlos Beltran saying hey guys I think we need a better way to get tipped off to other team signs and Alex Gore going hey I got an idea let's do this <laughs> I think the Beltran thing is amazing because they were talking about you know all the people are firing and trying to do this it's all the management uh, side so now this guy is the labor side because he's a, uh, a player at the time. Was he a player coach? Or... No, he was a player at the time. It was his final oh, season. The... Oh, okay. Right, and then he got... So, so therefore he was an untouchable, right? But everybody knows he's involved in it. And that's admitted that they, they like the idea that he could, uh, could, you know, help with, uh, with, with possibles, you know, pitches being tipped off and all this stuff. Well, it just blew up in their face. Well, of course it did. So Carlos Beltran, before even uh, managing a game for the New York Mets, has lost his job as well. Um, see, the thing with it... Yeah, it, he should have never been hired. Well, that can be debated. I mean, don't forget, Aaron Boone hasn't, you know, he never coached a game before he took the Yankee job, and they've gone to two back-to-back. Oh, no, I'm talking about uh, knowing that he was involved in this controversy. Well, according... I mean, that, was, that was not a surprise to them. Well... Well, at least I mean, you and I knew it. Well, publicly, the Wilpons and Brody Van Wagenen has said, "No, we didn't know," which is either a bullface lie or what's more, that quite honestly, sounds like it, doesn't it? Or what's also very unfortunately possible is that they're just too stupid. And guess what? I've been shown enough in my life as a Met fan to think these are just stupid people, <laughs> especially the Wilpons, that they're so stupid. They don't what you're not going to ask these questions or or Brody, who I would like to think is probably slightly smarter than those two, Fred and Jeff, probably just buried his head in the sand. Like well, if we don't talk about it, if we don't hear about it, blah blah blah, we want you to blah blah blah. But he's a player agent. Why would he? You know. But the thing was interesting enough about the so the only ones who were named Carlos Beltran was the, Carlos Beltran was the only then player named in the right. in the report no other players because mainly because then you know the commissioner has to deal with the players union and that's a road he doesn't want to go down to because i think their contract is right. pretty soon so right. they have to go back into negotiations and he want he'd like to but also now 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 he has to make all those players jose altuve alex bregman um carlos correa and marwin gonzalez right. even though he's not there anymore after every after every single game, one question about how you played that night, and then five questions about the cheating scandal, the sign scaling, and that's yeah. it. And now, well, to the other side is though, how do, how do you get a management? How many weeks is it until uh, pitchers and catchers show up? Less than a month, I think. Yeah. So what? It, so so how many how many teams need a manager now? Three on short notice. Three. Um, right, and now should the should the Mets just go with Terry Collins for a year? No, God, no, please, no, 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 no. So here, well, here's the interesting thing that I was thinking about, and I heard other people talking about it too, is that the Astros and the Red Sox need to completely clear house. The Astros got rid of Hinch, they got rid of 
Um, they they got rid General of manager. general manager. So obviously you would think next in line is Rob Renneke. Well, Rob Renneke was a bench coach for them while this cheating scandal was. So now you're going to have him. You can't do it. You have to absolutely complete clean house. Same thing with the Red Sox because you got all these guys there like – did they? Did they not? We don't know. We're going through our investigation. You can't have these guys here. So completely clean house. So now they're talking about, for those two teams, the established manager, Dusty Baker, Buck Showalter, um, Mike, Mike Sosha. The problem with the Mets, though, is there there wasn't any, or at least that, you know, Beltran did not do any of this while he was with the Mets. So they, so, and they have a coaching staff. So right now, what would make more sense is do it from in-house. Luis, uh, Luis Rojas, who's, I think, his, one of his coaches, who's on the coaching staff, he got hired pretty early. Hensley Mueller, or Hens, uh, Hensley Mullins. These guys should be the, the, the manager. Well, they're, they've at least been in the complex. They've, they've been on staff for a little while. So, you know, because if you bring in somebody like Buck and, and Dusty to the Mets, you're going to have to completely – these aren't my coaches. I need my own coaches because they're the type of guys to say, hey, I do it my right. way. I'm not taking – Well, this is kind of late. Well, of course it's kind of late. But at the same time, this is when it happens to fall. And yeah. if anything so – management, uh, no, nothing's changed. No. Uh, you and know, we got to wait for Stephen Cohen to show up. Well, yes, yes, we do. No, but bringing back Terry is a bad idea because then, again, he's going to come back like these what are not my. Bring coaches. him back. He's already there. No, but uh, as a manager, like no, oh, it, okay. it, no, it can't happen. I don't. I really don't want him to come back because why? Then why'd you get rid of him in the first place? All of a sudden, well, he's going to be better. I think it's all about uh, waiting for Cohen. I'm sure. I, I, I can't expect any improvement now after what I saw. No, but of course, you know, some other teams get the will ponds out of this. Other teams do the wrong thing, and somehow we get pulled into the fight. We get punched in the nose, and we didn't do anything. Well, we, we look stupid. Yes, of course. Shocking. The Wilpons are stupid. Stupid people. Stupid people with money. Right. This is bad. They believe Bernie Madoff. Right. Blame Bernie. Exactly. You got caught up. In, you got caught up in a <laughs> in a pyramid scheme. You're stupid. And then you believe. Then you believe Cesar uh, Estelos is worse. I knew it was more than I knew it was. I just stepped in a hole. Mm, okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was a pig. Yeah, come on, it was a pig, dummy. Of course, it's something like that. You fell in a glory hole with that with that uh, contract. It's it's bad. So now don't and don't forget, the Mets are now paying because I don't. Th- they parted ways. They didn't fire him, so they probably have to pay whatever's left on Carlos's contract. They got rid of uh, Callaway. And he still had another year plus on his contract, so he, they're going to have to pay him. They're going to want to get somebody cheap. They're not going to bring in because they're <laughs> stupid and they're, they're cheap. huh? That's what they're about. Yeah, because they're cheap. We don't want to spend money because it was really hard for us to get in the first place because we're dumb. The, well, talking about all these firings, I mean, I saw like there's something like seven NHL uh, teams fired their coach. I think I think the Devils just fired their coach. And the Golden Knights a year and a half yeah, after. But how do they do that? I mean, it seems like hockey, they, they, it's routine to do that. It's It might and, be. And the Golden Knights, right? I mean, this guy leads them to a uh, Stanley a, a cup, cup, no? Yeah, leads them to a Stanley Cup. And, and, got... and go, what have you done for me lately type league? You know, it's also probably a philosophy. It's, it's a locker room issue. I'm I'm sure even there it's a, it's a big-time locker room issue, too. 
And if they, if you lose them, because that's you need hustle. You need hustle in but hockey. Seven, seven coaches fired during the season. I mean, they'll do whatever they can. You know, you can only improve so much because uh, you know hockey. It's the fourth out of the big four in the in North America. Uh, you know, they'll do anything they can. And if it's a new philosophy in terms of how you play defense, how you attack the net, if it's you know uh, lose, if it's how how are you as a clubhouse leader or in terms of having the clubhouse behind you if they start to falter then again it's a hustle thing in hockey more so than ever because if you're not get, if you're not going to hustle then they'll get somebody who will yeah well not only that but you know if you have enough people go i'm not i'm not playing for this guy screw that you know it's right. a play you know hockey's a player's league it's not a coach's league i see that yes you do um, Hall of Fame announcements will be on Tuesday. Uh, right now, it seems like there's a boatload of them. Well, there's Jeter looks to be is definitely trending to go in. Bonds and Clemens and Schilling are also trending up as well. Uh, to Do you get... think any of one of those three would make it? I uh, I think I th- I definitely think I think Bonds and Clemens will. I think the timing's wrong with this uh, with this cheating scandal. I think the timing couldn't be worse. Why do you say that? Well, because now the public's you know it's, we're back talking. We, we're just talking about the uh, you know the science stealing scandal, and you know it, it, so I I don't think this is the time to bring up their name. Well, I, I, I don't think they're going to do well. I I think they will. Um... Yeah, and actually another name that that's also uh, is tracking very highly is Larry Walker. Larry Walker is also very high on that too. Um, I I think that I think if anything, it 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 will, it will it's going to change, uh, especially with this cheating scandal. How we view? Well, I mean, are there going to be asterisks for these people or no? No, there's not. We're done with asterisks. No. Well, that's... Then that's like pretending it didn't happen. Okay. Well, all right. So let's fast forward. Does Jose Altuve get into the Hall of Fame? Should he? Well, let's. But how much of of the cheating of the sign stealing is going to affect? Well, him? I don't know. When I heard that he said that, that don't take my shirt off. Right, yeah, because now the... What, what, what does he have, buzzers and buttons, the cameras? New, what does he have? Did he have? The new conspiracy theory is that in this past season that, okay, well, we can't do the... Uh, like, everybody felt that they were hip to the garbage can banging. So, oh, they've right. got, they've got buzzers. They've, you know, they've got, like, these little buzzers that they wear, almost like wearing a wire. The thing with that, though, is, don't forget, MLB just finished an investigation. They said they found zero evidence of that happening right that but it, that the public doesn't need that no but that's where it is um but right now it looks like so uh, with clemens and bonds they they were too good they they also had longevity too in terms of this i think that it's going to actually because at this point we at this point, so much time has gone by. Like we almost. Well, if forget. you're not going to use an asterisk, then you should let it on. Well, I think, and I think they look those two specifically, Bonds and Clemens. They had Hall of Fame careers before they got involved with um, 
uh, performance in hand before PEDs. I mean, that's the, that's the true fact. And the same thing with somebody like Schilling. Schilling has been, for so many, uh, absolutely ir um, irreprehensible since... Yeah, but he, he's on the wrong side of public opinion, or at least the media opinion. I don't, I don't yeah. I mean, he's too conservative. His politics aren't right. He's, he's been outspoken. I really don't give him a shot at all. Well, right now, he's... he's I mean, I, I would vote against, but... I mean, based on his playing career, I absolutely right. think he he deserves to be in. But yeah, the bloody sock. Right. But don't forget, part of the Hall of Fame balloting is, you know, um, having like, you know, upstanding morals and basically that whole um, morality part of it. Yeah. Too. But then again, well, but then again, you let in, you know, Ty Cobb, although history has sort of reversed what they've said about Ty Cobb in terms of some of his um, alleged... Yeah, but we're judging in today's standards. Right. So the point is is that I think that Schilling, based on what he did on the field, should absolutely be in. But the question is... Oh, I, I agree, but I, I suggest to you that it's not going to happen. Well, currently right now, now um, there's a Hall of Fame tracker, and at th after... Because, you know, some of these, these voters will release their ballots and say, hey, here's who I'm voting for. Like, they're allowed to okay. do that. Okay. So uh, about less than 40% of the voters have released their ballots. Well, on those, 85%—no, uh, I'm sorry, 79% of those ballots have Schilling on, which currently oh, right now, wow. he's he's on there. Um, so if he were to be in— That's more encouraging than I thought. Right. Good. Um so right now it's Jeter at a hundred percent, right? Larry Walker at eighty-five percent currently. Well, he was a big banger, but didn't he spend a lot of time in Colorado? He did, but at the same time, I mean, this was a—he didn't just hit for power; he hit for average too. He won the—he won a batting title, and he also played. Don't forget, he played with the um, Expos at the beginning of his career. Yeah, yeah, he, no, he was a, he, yeah, he. Right. He's a dynamic player, yeah. And also, I think that it's almost like a cow. Um, he, he kind of fits in that Biggio Bagwell, not in terms of the stats, but just mm. consistent. But he had a throwing arm, too. He did. He really, really did. And if you were to go that extra step, that palate cleanser for the Bonds and the Clemens and the Schilling, right, you right, get the right, Jeter and right. the Walker, because you never heard anything wrong about it. Like, Walker was just an, a really good uh, teammate, yeah, solid player, sure. So also, Schilling is at seventy nine percent. Bonds is at well, that's encouraging. That's Bonds awesome. is at seventy five point eight. And remember, you only need seventy five percent ballot to go. And he was he was close last year. He had fifty nine percent last year. Clemens is at seventy four point five. So just on the cusp, he still has another year on the ballot too. So that's really the ones we're looking at as as locks, or at least close to locks. There's some long shots. Scott Rowland is at 51%. Omar Vizquel is at 45%. So, but also, that's they're young on the ballot. They're both third time on the ballot. So if they were to get in, that's yeah. they got yeah, some time. So it'll see. So this might be the year. So baseball, I mean, there's going to be definitely a lot of storylines, especially after they announce on Tuesday who's getting into the Hall of Fame. So we'll have to see about that. Cool.
Okay. Oh, uh, you know, we didn't mention there was a the new year, and there have been some pretty notable deaths in the world of sports. Uh, Don Larson passed away, as yes. well as well as David Stern, which was very shocking to a lot of people. That uh, yeah, yeah, he had been sick though. He had been, but just the the the, the quick downturn that he went, and then Sam Weish, uh, head coach, former head coach of the Bengals. For the Bengals, yeah. Um, most famously, he was with the Buccaneers as well. Um, he was he was very much tied in with uh, Walsh and Paul Paul sure. Brown, the Brown family. So, some notable deaths that have happened so far in the year twenty twenty. So there you have it. All right, Dad. Well, thanks for joining me this week. Oh, it's been fun. It has and, been. And let's see, we got two of my surprise picks at the beginning of the season. Uh, I had the Packers for the NFC, and I had the Titans for the AFC. So you have an you have an especially uh, strong desire to see those two in the Super Bowl. So I well, yeah, I mean the, the Titans uh, even surprised me. I think they're surprising everyone. So. Espe- especially when they almost they pretty much backed into the playoffs this year. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right, Dad. Thanks very much. Okay, it's been fun. All right, Andrew, take it away. This has been another episode of Everyman Sports. The show's music is Cold Funk by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under CC Attribution 3.0. Everyman Sports can be found on Facebook.com, where you can like it to receive updates and news. Visit Everyman Sports in the iTunes Store to leave a review of the show. Also, visit everymansports.podbean.com directly to comment and support. Everyman Sports can be contacted directly at everymansports at gmail.com.